Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mira. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Today's topic is allow yourself to be happy. But before we get there, there's a few things um, that I would like to encourage us to do together. One of them is I would really invite any of you who would like to speak to call in to 646-595-3584. The other is I was looking at the category this morning. I had a few moments, and I saw that this was listed as spirituality. And I wanted to explain to you what my concept of spirituality is. Because I think that's an important um, part of every program that I put on. It kind of interests me that I do not... let me back up. It kind of interests me that I have any listeners at all because I think that my definition of spirituality actually kind of is such a theme of the show that I sometimes am not sure that I'm really saying anything different, just a different title, a different approach, a different look. But people listen, and that makes me happy. Uh, that makes me happy for me because doing the show adds value to my life for me as a human being. It helps me think about things. It helps me travel that road, that same journey that each of you are traveling, and remember to be my highest self. There are some times when I need to work on that, I will be honest. And I've come to notice that those times that I need to work on it are often those times when I feel like I'm being attacked or I feel like I'm not being recognized or I feel like there's nothing I can do right. Does all of that feel just a little bit like ego? And, I, you know, so much of how we feel about ourselves, including our happiness, turns on our sense of what others are thinking, how others are reacting. And that's going to be today's topic. So what is spirituality to me, Mira? Spirituality to me is the recognition um, that is found in Corinthians 3.16 and in so many other wonderful religious texts, in so many uh, faithful dogmas, and that is that the spirit resides within me. Uh, A very modern translation says, I am of the spirit, or excuse me, I, I am of the body and the body is one. Another translation is, uh, my body is the temple of God who resides within me. Now, please note that it does not refer to any of the wonderful, wonderful teachers we have had, uh, whether it be modern, current teachers like Wayne Dyer and Neil Donald Walsh, 
or um, skin, uh, or whether it be, um, I'm trying to think of Rabia the mystic, uh, whether it be uh, a religious uh, cleric from times gone by, uh, whether it be someone who's not religious but nonetheless has brought a message of love, it's, none of those people reside within us, and um, including Jesus. Except to the extent that Jesus, Rabia the mystic, Isaiah, uh, Wayne Dyer, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, and and others are all, each and every one of them, and every one of them are a part of God. Your body is a temple, and God resides within you. And that's kind of an interesting... uh, I think that it's not a unique concept. I think most people believe that... um, of those that I mentioned in any event. Um, I love, uh, I believe it is a Rabia the Mystic uh, quote that on a mountain in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melt the flame. I behold only God. So to me, this is about each and every one of us who have within us the ability, a divine purpose to inspire others uh, and to teach And that everything we experience in life is part of our journey that we have brought to ourselves in order for us to move forward in the light. And there are times because of those pressures I talked about in the beginning, the fears of not being enough. Because we are not getting that external recognition we are enough. People aren't saying rah, rah, rah for everything we do, that we do not reach to be our higher selves, but we instead burrow ourselves into fear. We forget that we are a temple. We forget that God resides within us. We forget that we are an example of God which is perhaps our greatest challenge in life. And as a consequence, we are not our highest selves. So to me, that's what spirituality is about. It is about every one of us loving ourselves enough to take the risk of loving others without an expectation of return. And we have a long way to go. 
This morning as I was coming to this, uh, my studio, it's kind of interesting to watch the studios here. And coming, I don't mean walking. I mean, as I was sitting here waiting for the show to begin, I, I looked, I decided I would read just the headlines. Have you ever read just the headlines? It could be kind of scary. It could keep us all from being happy. It could keep us all burrowed deep within ourselves in fear. Whether it's a fear of a nuclear weapon going off, a fear of going back to war, a fear that our dress might be deemed the worst. We are such a judgmental society. We applaud, we applaud negativity. The other day someone said something to me uh, as I, we were coming home. We're part of that west snowstorm, uh, although right now it's beautiful, and frankly, I don't have a huge amount of snow on my lawn. Uh, in fact, probably none. Uh, but the other day I had some, a little bit, but the ground is pretty warm here, and it was melting it. But what is frightening about snow on asphalt is, and especially the first snow on asphalt, but frankly, first, second, third, hundredth, what I'm about to say is true, is that when you live in a place that is generally warm, the ground is generally warm. This is probably true, actually, in every place, even if it's not generally warm. The ground is warm. I remember learning that a long, long time ago when I lived in Wisconsin, that, you know, basically there's kind of a constant temperature uh, below ground, and they're saying that constant temperature somewhere, you know, around 59 Perhaps it's lower. I'm not a scientist. And, and believe me, that was a long time ago, and I'm sure people know more than I do. And obviously in Antarctica, I can imagine that it's, it's pretty, you have to go pretty deep to get to that temperature, if in fact that's still true. But, but there's no doubt about it that going down into the earth uh, can actually uh, keep one warmer in a, uh, an, a cold climate. So the ground is warm. And as we start moving into winter, uh, and as we start moving into any time in my area, when it snows, it appears, keeping in mind I've only been here for a short time, that the snow melts. And so on Monday, or excuse me, Friday, I get to work, and I look out at the window, and I see very large flakes. Well, that tells me, number one, that there's a lot of moisture in them, based on my knowledge, not scientific knowledge, just this is, this, is, this is the events according to what Mara has come to know in her many years of existence. So I'm thinking, okay, those are kind of wet. And I'm seeing that initially they're not sticking to the ground, and certainly they are not sticking to the roadway. Uh, but as the hours pass, they do begin to accumulate on the ground. But they continue, there is some accumulation on the roadway, but for the most part they're melting. And that is the danger of winter driving. For those of you who are out there who are thinking about going out in the snow today, think about this fact. As the sun heats up the snow and the snow melts, then when the temperature actually 
Friday it was right around 34 degrees. I was watching because I had my phone kind of set in a position to give me notice when it was dropping below 32. Why 32? It's freezing. Right at 32, you might get some snow, but you're not probably going to get an initial layer of ice. But that is the danger of driving in winter conditions. It's not the accumulation of snow necessarily, unless it's a huge amount. It it is instead the melting of the snow on the roadway and then the temperature dropping significantly. And so we came home early. And while we were coming home early, now after we've had a little science lesson, or quasi-science, please call in. Tell me if I'm wrong. 646-595-3584. Everyone's talking about how things are so different in the world today. Like somehow, somewhere, some kids got the idea that it would be a good thing to go up and just hit someone immediately in the face with your fist with the goal of making them unconscious. Let's breathe on that one. Pardon me. Three deep breaths to remove the negative image that that evokes. How could that be okay? How could that be fun? What fear has driven our youth, any of them, to think that that's okay? Something to think about. When we have such a simple, basic topic today, allow yourself to be happy. Maybe part of what we need to do is ask ourselves, how have we been showing happiness? Are we only happy if we win? Do we only have that ecstatic sense of elation? And is that what we define as happy? And once again, do we only have that when we prevail against another human being? When we knock them down, make them unconscious, and walk away the victor? Is that how we as a society are defining happiness? Forget the knockout, whatever that game is called, punch out. Are we defining happiness as only winning in my world and as only winning in court? I do apologize. I mean, I woke up this morning and I was having this weird opening defensive statement and I, I thought, whoa, where is that coming from? Hopefully it's not a precognition. Uh, I'm going to vote not. So, is it only winning in court, only selling more cars, only if we have more money than anyone else, only if we can buy that special item, only if there is a precondition met that makes us the king of the hill and someone else less than? 
this morning, when I was reading the news, I was also looking for Buddha quotes because I wanted to find out what Buddha thought about happiness. And today I probably will uh, spatter this program with those. The mind is everything. What you think you become. I dare to suggest that we have decided that happiness is not the neutral zone. I am most happy when I am in the neutral zone. Neither elated nor depressed, sad and fearful. But I'm wondering if the average citizen in this country and perhaps in the world is so fear-ridden, so convinced they are not enough unless they are the victor over someone else, so needful of huge emotions such as elation that we are teaching happiness that is, in fact, fear-driven. Your thought. Before we move into listening to Anil's Be Still by Show, excuse me, Soul, Buddha, we are shaped by our thoughts. We become what we think. When the mind is pure, joy follows like a shadow that never leaves. May I read that again? We are shaped by our thoughts. We become what we think. When the mind is pure, joy follows like a shadow that never leaves. Perhaps consistent with what I've been saying today, Buddha tells us that holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. So today's program takes on an interesting twist. And that twist is, what is happiness for you? Is it grounded in a victory arising from a negative judgment of yourself? From a need to be more than someone else? from a belief that you have to be at the the king of the hill, not equal, but more? And how's that working for you? I'm going to play Annihil's Be Still Thy Soul because I think that setting aside competitive judgments of ourselves and being content in who we know we are is the beginning of creating a peace within ourselves, a solace to allow everyone else to be who they are and to refocus our attention on ourselves and on our conduct. And as you begin 
embracing the neutrality of that sense of peace. You begin to feel a connection to your spirit, to God, that is with you always, never leaves you. And as you feel that spirit, you actually have a physical, visceral connection. Energy of all that is alerts you. Reminds you, perhaps for the first time, tells you by feeling that energy, you become a believer that you matter and that you don't have to have giant, giant victories that put everyone else down, but rather you need to live a victorious life day by day, moment by moment, lifting up others. simply because you believe you are equal to them, not more, and that each person has a function, and that function does not determine the person's value as a person. So as we listen to Annihil's Be Still Thy Soul this morning, and we awaken the light within us, as you spend three minutes and 40 seconds Thinking one thought, I would like that thought to be, (coughs) excuse me again, I apologize, from Buddha. You can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you yourself. And that person is not to be found anywhere. You yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. To enjoy good health, to bring true happiness to one's family, to bring peace to all, one must first discipline and control one's own mind. If a man or a woman can control his or her mind, he or she can find the way to enlightenment, and all wisdom and virtue will naturally come to each of them. You are in control of your thoughts, and that will be a topic in an upcoming show also, But for today, we're going to go to Annihil's Be Still Thy Soul. For those of you who have not listened to this show before, we are not done. We have much more to go on. I would love for it not to be a monologue. Please call in at 646-595-3584. But for now, if you're going to do that, let's give us about seven minutes. Because I'm going to start first with, with leading you into this meditation. I'm not going to guide you right now. I will perhaps do that later. But right now, let's just do the 
going into a meditation, I encourage people to think as though their noses are at their lowest point of their body. In so doing, you create a long breath. The nose is actually not very far from the lungs, and that's probably physiologically very wise because of all the things that can interfere in our ability to breathe. But the reality is we, when we are meditating, when we want to feel that visceral connective energy with love, with God, with all that is, no matter what name you ascribe to that, when we want to feel that connection, that reminder that we are a part of this plan, this game, this journey, now and for all times into the future. We are eternal. We want to have a long breath because a long breath gives us an opportunity to cleanse our mind of things. And I encourage you to act like you have a silver tray or a gold tray or a plastic tray or an onyx tray, whatever kind of tray you think is beautiful, right beside you. And as thoughts come in, fearful thoughts generally of, oh my gosh, I'll forget to do this or that, place those thoughts lovingly on this tray so that if they are not dealt with in the meditation, if they are not placed in a position of priority through the meditation, they'll be there waiting for you. And for now, I would like you to try to cleanse your mind with your breath, the prana breath. Do I think you're going to be able to completely take all thought out? Perhaps some can. I hope you can. But while you're learning to do that, let's bring the breath in and think about a little mantra that awakens in us what we are doing. So you pull this breath up the front of your calves, up your thighs, and I'd like you to cross over to your base chakra, your tailbone with your breath. Some of you are saying, Mara, Mara, I can't breathe anymore. Don't worry about it. Keep sipping in. That's what singers do. They do breathe. And we are going to continue to sip in breath. So one breath doesn't mean you take a big, deep breath and then you hold your breath. It means that we're going to go through a process with that first breath. And we're going to pull it up to the base chakra, the zone of fear. So much of our action, so much of our judgment of ourselves, so much of everything is fear-driven that we are not enough that we have to meet some mythical standard of perfection. And as you move past the base chakra, release the fear back into the earth from which it came and pull a fearless breath up into your sacral chakra, the zone of creativity. Not just creativity for having children, but creativity within you to come up with new, exciting options for how to be a part of this planet, to rejuvenate yourself as you encounter new things rather than to back away and cower in fear and cling and push back, afraid of change. Change is around us. Nothing is the same. If you're an older person like me, you go to the doctor and what you thought was true before is no longer true. The world has grown. So allow yourself to grow with it as you pull a a fearless creative breath up 
into the solar plexus. The zone of healing. And you need to heal yourself of negative, negative energy, whether it is manifested physically or emotionally. Feel the yellow energy coursing through your body, repairing your judgments of yourself. You deserve love, and that is the theme of this meditation. I am loved. Pulling your fearless, creative healing energy up, I want you to come to your heart. Broken most of the time. Broken because people do not feel valued. And they do not recognize the power of being. If you get a chance, read the be attitude. It's a reminder that each of us, from the most humble position, are part of the plan, are part of the divine destiny. You are loved. Open your heart and believe you are loved and fill a pillar of light going out from you to the universe and beginning to circle the planet in love. You are loved. And you can love without expectation of love. A few days ago, someone said to me, well, you know, yours is not a position where you will have people love you and be friends. And it's like, my life isn't about people loving me. My life is about loving people. Pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving breath up. Keep sipping. It's fine. No judgment of the breath. Pull up into the throat chakra. Oh, how many of us carry our stress and strain in our throat And how many of us give permission for our vocal cords when we are stressed and not thinking to lash out with words that will live forever? You cannot pull them back. Forgive yourself for ill-spoken words and forgive others for speaking poorly to you. Release the stress, the constriction in your throat and know that you are enough as this fearless, creative, healing, loving and forgiving breath moves through your throat and up to your third eye. At your third eye, that space between your eyes on your forehead, the zone of manifestation Pause and manifest the energy that is within you that represents you forward. See the beauty of that energy. See the expanse of light of who you are. Open the temple and allow 
the divinity within you to shine out. Watch it expand and grow and become higher, higher and higher intensity. Now, pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting energy up and imagine the top of your head opening like a baseball cap lifting off and this beautiful spiraling energy that is purple and is turning indigo goes up and goes out through the top of your head merging with all that is the breath of love of God. Feel your energy merging and become crystalline clear. Feel the beauty. Feel your connection with love, with all that is. And remind yourself, I am that. And now release your breath, saying, I am loved. As you repeat this process three times, I would like for you to reach out your dominant hand and hold the hand of God that is in the room with you always, as you know God to be. And when you breathe your second breath, reach out and hold the hand of a fellow listener's God so that together we form a circle around this planet and out into the universe of connected spirits Perhaps better said, of recognition of our connection to one another. And feel the energy course through your shoulders as we go around the circle and we hear denials, be still thy soul. Reach for the heavens, all you can dream when 
make me one source of light. Just one. Nothing more than one. It's a phenomenal challenge to recognize your value. And I am here to tell you, you do have value. Absolutely, 100%, you are as valuable and as special as everyone else. And each of us is special. Each of us has a role. So how do we allow ourselves to be happy? We have 20 minutes left. Please feel comfortable to call in. The number is 646-595-3584. How do we allow ourselves to be happy? Well, first, I think perhaps and foremost, we need to recognize that happiness is a role of our attitude about whether we deserve to be happy. And I've tried to think of examples, and perhaps one that I can give you from my personal life, and I'd be interested in yours, is I'm having a rather significant birthday in the next several days, I guess actually, maybe officially next week, Sunday. Uh, and I remind you I won't be here that day. And I am going to turn 65 years old. And in the new office where I work, the head secretary uh, graciously prepares these birthday celebrations for people. And the other day, as I was looking in the mirror, I realized that I have not celebrated my birthday in two years, and I'm not ready to celebrate my birthday. And it has nothing to do with being 65 years old. Who cares? That's just a number. Uh, I project to you, you can listen to this show that I have at least 50 more years ahead of me. I will live to be 115. I possibly may even live to be older than that. My grandpa, without the convenience of modern medicine, lived to be, the numbers are right around 113, 114. So I can do it. That I know. So it has nothing to do with how old I am. I guess I'm really, I've now hit my middle age. (laughs) Or just gone past it or something, you know. But anyway, that's not the issue. So why is it that I was kind of sobbing as I'm trying to put on makeup? And I have to tell you, you need to be able to laugh at yourself. And putting on makeup and sobbing don't go together, hand in hand. But it is that the last time I celebrated my birthday, I was um, in San Francisco with friends. And... 
it was a wonderful weekend. It was just glorious. My two best friends in all of the world were there. And we walked and we ate and we rode the trolley and we had disagreement. I remember at one point I was tired of waiting in the trolley and I just got off and walked back. I mean, how silly is that now that I think about it? But it didn't matter because it was great. It was a fun, fun time. And that Sunday, uh, my birthday was, I guess, had been on Thursday that year. And on Sunday, uh, as I'm coming home, I called my mom and dad. And my mom was sick. And I thought, whoa, what's going on? And I'm trying to give her advice, and I'm about three maybe three and a half hours away, depending on traffic. And I had moved to be close to them for just such episodes like this. And then uh, by the time I got closer to home, she told me, oh, she's better, she's better. And the next day, I went to the hospital to begin the death watch for my mom. So I'm not quite ready to celebrate yet on my birthday. And so, although I'm perfectly content with being 65, I am not ready to be happy that day yet. Because she was a vital part of me. Now, that's an example of something that one can evaluate and say, so I'm not going to allow myself to be happy. How many of those events are in your life? How many of you make a knowing or even unknowing decision, I'm not going to let myself be happy? Why don't we let ourselves be happy? Because we want to cling to something, and this is a very good example. We don't want to live in the moment. This is the day the Lord has given. Rejoice and be glad in it. We instead want to cling to something that happened in the past. And in that doing, deny ourselves the right to be happy. The right to be happy. And I have a wonderful Buddha quote. Do not dwell in the past. Do not dream of the future. Concentrate the mind on the present moment. Do not dwell in the past. Do not dream of the future. Concentrate the mind on the present moment. Ooh. So maybe it's time to accept that it was time for my mother, who was 80 years old, to pass that it was time for my father, who was 86, to pass, that they were ready to pass. Because I believe passing and being ready are connected. And to know that the universe is just where it needs to be. For me, Merrick and Williams, to be all I can be. 
for me to reach out and be happy, for me to deserve happiness. There is nothing about my celebration in San Francisco that caused my mother to die. And there is nothing about my mother dying that causes me to deserve not to celebrate this momentous birthday. Wouldn't it be funny if I really do live to 130 and here I would have projected on national radio that I've hit my midlife and I don't plan to have any crises in it. So here we are, choosing to be happy, allowing ourselves to be happy, not allowing the past to interfere with our happiness. And where does that all have to come from? It has to come, in my opinion, from the belief that you are enough and deserve happiness. And I feel that someone is listening out there and I can feel a heaviness around their heart. They not only do not believe that they are happy or have a right to be happy, excuse me, they know they are not and they don't believe they ever can be. And why is that what I sense? And this is actually not around the heart. It is on the, on the right side of the breastplate And it kind of flows into their right shoulder. And they believe that they are not happy because they are blaming others for their circumstance. That is a huge, huge talk. And I will try to deal with it on the microcosm a little bit level today. But I will also write it down here on the newspaper as a topic. So they're not happy and they're blaming others. Fundamentally, basically, no one has control of you but you. No one. The best story that I have of that from my life when I really recognized that somebody could not make another person do something, we choose to do it. We are accountable for our choices and we need to learn and and let go. And I will talk to you about letting go a little bit today, but I will also give you my story. When I was very young, like, I think 22. I was a teacher. <laughs> I look back on my life and I look at 22 years old today and I think my, I already had my master's. I was teaching. And uh, when I was teaching, I, but I did substitute teaching in the beginning because I also had a little baby. And so as I'm doing the substitute teaching, I'm at a school at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and I had been called in to substitute teach that day, and it was an elementary school. And there was a, um, 
a teacher there who was telling the story about her harrowing day the day before. And she was a new kindergarten teacher. And believe me, you need to learn to be a teacher just like you need to learn everything else. Uh, and it has all of the games of war and the alliances and the spies and all of the same attributes that life as, as a whole has. It seems nice, but it's got some games going on there. So this poor teacher had been called into the principal's office and lectured. And the reason she was lectured, she's a kindergarten teacher. What can a kindergarten teacher do, right? Well, she was lectured because yesterday... Uh, Debbie Joe, I'm making up a name here, um, had been allowed to go home. We always allowed children to walk home in those days. It was not the same world as we live in now. There were not the same fears, common word today. And uh, Debbie Joe resisted having her coat put on her and resisted having boots put on her and resisted all of the paraphernalia associated with it being cold and snowing in Kentucky. And so, but the teacher insisted and got her bundled up just as she bundled up every little kid in her classroom. I have to tell you, that must have been a job right there, bundling up all those little kids with their squirmy bodies. I had a little one who did not want to wear anything related to heavy clothing. So she put all the kids outside the door, and they were going to walk their little distances, or their moms could have been there to pick them up, but they weren't. At kindergarten, you were old enough to walk to school <laughs> and from. <laughs> Different world. And so the little girl goes home, and when she arrives home, she arrives home with no gloves, no coat, and no boots. And so basically, and I don't know if she was barefooted and there were those kind of boots. I doubt it. They were probably the kind that you slipped your shoes into. But she had on street shoes a little dress, that was it. It was cold outside and no hat. She didn't like all that stuff. And so as she walked home, she periodically took something off until when she arrived at home, she had none of her outerwear on. Now, now we talk about frustrations. The teacher had no obligation to take the child home, but she was held accountable. And she was held accountable because the mother called and blamed the teacher for her daughter arriving home improperly undressed. The only person responsible for those decisions was that little five-year-old. We each must accept responsibility for our poor choices in life. We hold ourselves to very high standards, but we have to accept responsibilities for poor choices. And then, how do we let go of our self-judgment? I do. Is, I say, and I call God, God. You can call God whatever you want. I don't care. I say, God, Help me recognize the lessons of this moment. But I can't live like this, thinking these thoughts anymore. So I'm going to release them to you, and hopefully I have learned the lessons so that I do not 
come to this place again. And I can tell you honestly, as a human being, I've had to learn lessons many times. As I've evolved into the person I am and as I continue to evolve into the person I will be. But I can say to you absolutely, if I let it go and I let God handle it, that I begin to remember where I left my peace. That feeling that I tried to inspire each of you to feel during that brief meditation, that peace of knowing that I am valuable and special to God. Now, that process is good, but because I'm a little bit obsessive, I'm sure none of you are, I follow another process that I learned a long time ago. And that is that I retrain my mind. Because what we put into our minds is what stays there. And so when I feel and I've come to know that you know what you are going to think or say, generally think, about 10 seconds before it fully matures and kind of captures your brain. And so when I feel that signal that I'm about to speak about that event or think about that event or speak, that's the other thing, I don't talk about it. Because when you talk about it, you give energy to the negative emotions associated with the event. So when I feel that I'm about to think about it, I get that signal. Because most of these events generally involve other people. I, rather than allowing that thought to mature that makes me be able to blame them, it's all their fault, I instead send it to that person, that being, everything that I want for myself. So if Debbie Joe has caused consternation in my life, and that was not a story about me, but if if it were, who cares? I could take I could take that. If it were about me, when I thought about Debbie Joe and the trouble she got me and got I got into with the principal as a result of Debbie Joe's choices, I would think I send to the principal everything I want for myself in life: happiness, peace, contentment, joy, security financial stability, and every time I think of the principle, I do the same thing. And every time I think of Mary Jo or Debbie Jo, excuse me, I do the same thing. And by going through this exercise, I remove the taint of that negative experience that denies me the right to be happy. And as we approach Christmas Day, the day my mother finally passed, I'm going to work on respecting her choice to pass and release from myself the sense that I don't deserve to be happy around this time of year. The sense that there was something I could have done. Because one 
interferes with the present and the other is grounded in the past. So my friend out there with the discomfort on the right side of the chest that moves up towards the shoulder, don't blame others. Let go of the blame. Accept responsibility for that which you are responsible for and release the rest knowing that you are loved, you are enough, and you are valued, and you deserve to be happy. Whatever you have in your mind is what you become. No time today for another meditation, but instead I want to thank you for joining me. I will not be here next week on Sunday, and I want to say to you, Namaste. Peace be with you. May you be happy today as you manifest happiness in your lives. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.